Hey everybody, episode 28 here of Mind Over Matter. Welcome back. Uh, this episode we had on Tristan. Tristan, I just randomly ran across on Instagram when trying to get a client for our agency actually and uh, found out he's using the same software as us so I figured I'd just shoot him a text on Instagram and sure enough he came on the show. Pretty good stuff in here. Found out he was the most catfished man like in all of the land, I guess. I don't know. It was a pretty great story. Uh, but yeah, Kev, what you got? So one of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast is kind of talk about issues that, quite frankly, need to be talked about. And one of those issues in the military particularly is alcohol. It's got, like, everyone uses it. It's like your only outlet you're allowed to use. And it's a problem for a lot of people, but we just don't talk about it. So we got into it with uh, Tristan. And we kind of shared some of our stories. So we we just kind of want to start a conversation, maybe kind of show like, yeah, this is a problem, but we're not going to fix it if we don't talk about it. So uh, with that out the way, let's get into it. Yeah. Again, thank you, Tristan. If you guys check out the description below, he's helping out men with their physique. So if you're one of those men, go ahead and click that link and help them out. Um, but yeah, enjoy the show. <laughs> And we are back, baby. I think it's episode 26, 27, something like that. But we're back with Tristan. We, I met him actually uh, while we were looking for some clients. <laughs> Just started scrolling through Instagram, realized he uses the same software as we do. And then he's also in the mi uh, military, so figured why not try and get him on the show. So luckily, about a week later, Tristan's here, and uh, we're going to talk some good stuff. Uh, Kev, what you got? No, I'm excited to have you on, Tristan. Uh, what, I was looking at your Instagram before you came on, right? We'll yeah. link it down below. But I'm looking at this. I'm like, this dude looks like a hard dude. Like, like the physique especially, but, like, I can tell that you've kind of, like, been through some shit, so to speak. And I wanted to ask, like, is there any kind of moment that happened to you that was really rough that you can kind of say, like, oh, yeah, that really made me kind of the, the hard dude I am now? Well, to dive back into it, man, um, you know, it comes back to really my childhood, right? And um, from there, it's just why I joined the military to begin with, right? Because at that point, I kind of had to grow up at a very young age, you know what I'm saying? So, like, as far as, as, far as all that, um, you know, my childhood started like any other kids would, you know what I mean? Um, loving, loving parents, really raised by my grandmother for the most part, right, as my mom went back to school mm -hmm. and everything. But, you know, at one point, it was like a flip of the switch. Everything kind of went to shit, right? And, like, you know, not to call out, like, my parents or anything like that, but um, there was just some some stuff that I needed that I didn't get in those moments, right? Ended up in really bad situations, right? Sexual trauma, things like that. Um, you know, a lot of stuff at that point that just forced me to kind of have to get through life on my own really by the time I was in high school man like it was just like I was on my own program you know what I mean like smoking weed every single like I smoked weed 24 7 right you know I'd go to school coked out fucking didn't matter like you know I was just I was just kind of surviving you know what I'm saying like and, when you uh, got to high school real quick I'm sorry to interrupt like you got yeah. to high school already like that yeah oh yeah dude I mean I started smoking weed when I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade. Where, where are you from I'm from Chico California Oh, yeah, that'll bro. do it, bro. That's Back in the day when you had to sneak into like an abandoned house and smoke pot in the woods two miles in, you know? 
pretty they got they got, they got pens now, bro. <laughs> oh, man, it didn't it didn't help that I lived literally right across the street from school. You know what I mean? So freaking, I could just sit there and take a fat bong rip, and then I would just fucking walk across yeah. the street and get. I mean, like, so it was just my life. I could go yeah, home. Like, I had it too convenient for me. I didn't have to sneak around like most kids did. You know what I'm saying? It was just like I did whatever I wanted. And uh, at that point, you could just see why I had no fucking discipline at that point, right? And like, put myself like your back. parents. Your parents were hands off. Like they didn't care about the weed or anything. Oh no! Man. I mean, they weren't really involved. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Like, okay. And at that point, it's like. You know, I was the youngest, you know, I feel like, you know, they just, you know, I guess they just didn't, didn't really feel that they needed to be. I don't know. Um, it is, it is, it is, you know, but, you know, a lot of situations happen that uh, shouldn't have happened, but here I am today, you know, you're talking about it, right? But yeah, no, I mean, it was, you know, I, I mean, I smoked weed with my mom when I was freaking like in high school. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I love the shit out of my mom. Like, she's a great mom overall, and she loves me, you know? But, like, it was just as far as, like, the parenting, that shit was given up a long time ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Like, I I just made the decisions I had to make at that point, like, getting through high school, partied all the way through high school, right? Like, going to frat parties when I was, like, 16, 17 years old, you know? Um so it was just like at this point, like I was saying, if I didn't join the military, I'd be fucked today, bro. Like, I'd be fucked. I had friends that are still in the same exact position as I was when I was in high school, and it's like they're just still living their high school days, and they're about to be 30 years old, you know what I mean? Um, so it's just like, bro, like, that could have been me, you know? How are your grades, though? Are you keeping those up or not really? Well, the only... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, shit, dude. I mean, like, you didn't get kicked out or nothing? No, I mean, no, I dude, I got suspended my first week of high school because I got caught taking bomb rips in the alleyway of <laughs> school. My very first week in high school, bro. Right. Jeez. What <laughs> a great start, bro. Great start. No, yeah. I'm I'm the uh, I'm the same way. Got raised by my. Uh, well, I actually I just kind of had a little argument with my parents. Not really an argument, but I gotta get into a deeper a deeper understanding of my childhood because I'm I'm similar to you. My parents were. I wouldn't say unattentive, but they were doing other things. They had, we grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and we had no money. So they were working three jobs each trying to make us some money. And then when I was with them, they're taking me to hockey or something, you know, it wasn't like a sit down and, and talk most of the time. And so I did end up getting raised by my grandmother, similar to you. And when she passed, wow. when she passed, we ended up moving to Florida. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's when I kind of realized I was like, Oh shit. Just like you. I'm like, man, I'm going to end up, end up broke doing nothing with my life and and I, I just read something like it's it's normally around 30 when people are like all right dude what are you doing with your life like all right yep. you had your 20s to figure out what you what you got going on and when i am 30 and someone hits me up about that i don't want to be that loser who's just stuck in the same town doing nothing and it's it's true it happens to everybody you know everybody's got a couple people that are still in that same town in the same high school facts bro it's because it's because they just stay comfortable you know right. what I'm saying? They don't those they don't wanna put themselves out there. They don't wanna freaking take those risks, you know. They like they just don't want to grow. Honestly, and for lack of better terms, they're just not willing to do it. Whatever reason. There could be plenty of reasons why they're stuck where they're at, right? But ultimately it just comes back down to just being comfortable, right? Settling. No, it's and, like no, go ahead, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh uh, no, that's that's truly it, man. Like it's just I see it all the time and I still see it from people that I know today and it fucking 
makes me sad, bro. Because yeah. I'm like, so it's once you make that leap of faith, right? Like, dude, your life can change so instantly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I could tell like going back on leave over the years, like you almost like I'll go to the Walmart next to the high school and like see fucking half my graduating class there shopping. It's like like you, you hear about people that never really leave the state, you know, but a right. lot of people don't even leave the town. You know, it's like the same exact town. Um, no, I, I want to touch on the growing up thing, like because I kind of had the opposite thing. Like my parents were kind of on my shit all the time, like because I was a really shitty kid, man. Like for no reason, too, I would just give my parents a problem. Like I don't even know why, man. But like they put me in karate. That really helped me. Um, but like I had some friends like and their parents just really didn't give a shit about them, frankly. And like I'd go over there and their room would be a me- like a pigsty, just shit everywhere. Be like, bro, your parents don't make you clean this? And they're like, no, my mom doesn't care. I'm like, bro, that sounds so awesome, man. <laughs> I, I was like, bro, that sounds dope. My parents are always making me clean my room, man. That sounds so cool to not have to do that. It's like you don't really see how like, I mean, sad the situation is when you're there, you know? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, nah, man, that's 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 that is true because I I had friends just like that as well where they did have structure, right? But granted, I think there's like pros and cons to both. You know what I'm saying? So like. The parents that are like on their parents shit i mean there has to be balance right like in me as a i i am a i am a parent now i have a daughter and a son right um and you know they're younger still so i haven't experienced as far as like the teenage world yet but i do know for sure it's like a lot of the kids that i grew up with or the people that i grew up with right if their parents were like on their ass and like freaking to the point where it was like unhealthy they're gonna rebel eventually you know what i mean like yeah you know and I mean, it doesn't always happen, but most of the time, let's just be honest, like they're going to, as soon as they get out of high school, it's like they start their own lives. I feel like they didn't get enough chances to fuck up, to like learn some EQ, right? Learn some emotional intelligence and like really some street smart, right? And they've been sheltered their entire life. And so when they get out into the real world, it could end up being worse for them in the long run. So for me, it was like, I'm glad I fucked up all through high school because as soon as I got into the adult world, into the military, it's like, I'd already been there, done that. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> that's kind of, so that's pretty similar to what happened to me. I was, I was a little sheltered. We, we stayed within our, our family pretty much. I didn't go outside of that. We were all mm-hmm. close. So, so I didn't, um, so I didn't really like, experience what it's like to be pretty much fucked over. Like it really only experience with being upset or not getting my way was in sports. And that would piss me off so bad. Like I, I struck out, I would cry because I was so upset that I didn't get to play the game because I was that bad. But it wasn't like I wasn't facing anything, anything too real. And then when I joined the military, I was 19, found a girl, got married, got cheated on while I was overseas. And then fucking now I'm stuck here with all this life experience that I just pretty much got jumped into. Like I had no choice but to just jump into it. So it was, it was definitely, um, and it's not like my parents tr- like sh- sheltered me on purpose. They, they tried to steer me away from drugs and alcohol. They were the parents like, look, don't smoke, don't drink, stay at home, do your thing. And that's what I did, but I didn't do anything too productive. I was playing video games all the time. So <laughs> like, like, what did that really yeah. do? Like you were the smart kid, but you didn't really give a shit. So your grades kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just staying at home doing my own thing. And so I ended up being a little more unsheltered. And when I got into the military, it was a shock. I was like, holy shit. What the hell is all this? (laughs) (laughs) This is is what life is? 
No, but uh, Tristan is what uh, I guess we'll talk about um, the the dark thoughts you face when like waking up or trying to go to the gym because everybody everybody has those off days. I'll wake up and I'm like, oh fuck this, I'm not going to the gym, or something like that, or even when headed to the gym or get it to the gym, or even like I've been working out for years now and I'm like, dude, I'm kind of over this shit. What are what are some things you you do to get past that? Go to the gym, or or what kind of causes that? What are what are some things that you do run into like that? So for me, man, it's a lot that I've learned through mentors, right, over the years. But it comes down to honestly gratitude, right, and being grateful for the life that you were given, and truly like in that present moment, right. So a lot of the times, for instance, I've kind of created a lifestyle to where when I first wake up in the morning, I'm going to prioritize my self care, right? I'm going to, you know, go to the gym, freaking do my meditations, whatever, whatever it is like journaling, right? whatever it is for those specific people, right? I highly recommend that that is the way that you structure your day by starting it by prioritizing you. So that way, when you flow into the day, you're either trading your time for money at your job, right? Because that's what most people do, honestly, is they wake up and they're going straight to their job. They're not doing anything for themselves, right? So, right. You know, who wants to wake the fuck up when, like, they know they're just going straight to their freaking, the place they don't want to be, right? So, for me, it's like, that's why at 3.30 in the morning, right? And at that point, I'm at the gym by 4. And I'm already prioritizing myself, right? I'm doing like my morning journaling. I'm posting on social. I'm posting on my Instagram like my morning thought, right? And that's another thing that I use my social media for. Is at the end of the day, not only is it for my coaching business, but it's also as an accountability for myself, right? And that's kind of what it, that's what started it to begin with for me. Um, but yeah, man, it's like I think of like the big picture, right? Is like. I don't get caught up in how I'm feeling in that moment because it is very easy to do that, right? But what do we need to do to get ourselves back into that positive flow state, right? Working out does it, you know what I'm saying? Like getting your endorphins rolling, right? So like, I'll wake up, dude. Most of the time I wake up in a fucking horrible mood, to be honest with you. Like, fucking I'm like, 3.30, dude. Yeah, bro. Like I wake up, I'm like, dude, like fucking just all these negative thoughts going through my head. I haven't done anything right. And it's just like, but dude, like, one, I love the car that I drive, right? So that helps me out. I just bought a brand new Mercedes. So that's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Gives me something to be grateful for. I'm like, hey, I get to wake up and go whip around in my car, bro, go to the gym. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you just kind of find like that big picture, right? And that's what's helped me the most is like, think about like what you're grateful for in that moment and how you get the privilege. You got to change the narrative inside your head. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get the privilege to wake up when other people don't even have the fucking privilege to do what we're doing, right? But instead of like, I have to, it's like, I get to, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's all about it's mindset, bro. Mindset's yeah. everything. It's so silly too. Every time I think like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. And then I kind of force myself to go. When I'm in there, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I want to lift all these weights. Yeah. It's like, why am I thinking about this? It's like, no, that's no. always the end state, bro. Is once you're in it and you're getting that flow state, you're you're good, right? But it's just about getting to that, right? And another thing is, if you take pre-workout, you don't have a choice. You're going no matter what. Where to God? Now, now, too, like we were, like on the topic too, like with kids especially. Like I was thinking, I don't want my kids to kind of see me, like as someone that's not like someone to look up to, you know. Yeah. Like, I want to be strong for them. Like, I want them to be able to, like, brag on me to their friends. Like, oh, my dad can beat your dad up. <laughs> this, this is shit that I preach about all the time. Okay. Like, straight up all the time. It's 
what kind of example do you really want to set, right? And it's like, you know, we, we expect all these things out of our kids, right? To like go after their dreams, do all this kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, let's say for instance, like if you had a son or a daughter and they came up to you and they were like, daddy, I want to be an astronaut when I get older. Are you going to tell them like, oh no, you can't do that, right? Like, what are the odds of you actually becoming an astronaut? Which is unfortunate because I told my dad I want to be a professional baseball player and that's literally what he fucking did to me. Shot down my hopes and dreams and didn't obviously like, that doesn't, like, why? Why would you tell your kid that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, the thing is, bro, is, like, we want our kids to end up, we want the best for them, but, like, dude, they, we are the first line of defense when it comes to their future, right? Like, if we are not setting the example of what we want out of them, then they're not going, their chances of that happening diminish a lot, right? Or if they could even see, like, the biggest thing is leading by example, and I don't want my kid to have to go anywhere else to look for answers. I want to be like the encyclopedia for this kid. You need to look at me, see what I'm doing, and pretty much if you just copy me, you're going to be pretty good. You Ask me any question you need. Ask me whatever you want, but I want him to be able to see, like, look, my dad is waking up every day going to the gym. Why the hell are not, am I not? Or, or like, when when can I start doing that? Something like that, you know? Bro, discipline is love, man. The more discipline that we are for our family, that is how a man shows true love, in my opinion, right? That is how I truly feel. If I'm disciplined as fuck, I don't miss. I freaking am setting the example for them, right? And they know they can rely on me at any moment, right? Like, what other form? Like, like as a man, like, dude, that is, that is everything, man. Like, you know, let's say that you have a problem with alcohol, for instance, right? You go sober for your family, not only for yourself, but for your family, right? And you hold to that, that's true love. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you have a problem with freaking, you know, anything, bro, like eating, right? And if you're overweight, you lose you lose weight for your family, right? Or for yourself, really. But it's like you're holding yourself to that, and that's proving that they are worth it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just the facts, dude. Like, I, I'd be damned if I'm setting any other example to my kids and making them think that it's totally okay to not prioritize your health. It's totally okay to sabotage yourself, right? It's like, that's wild, bro. And that's the thing is, like, we expect our kids to, you know, grow up in a certain way. But are we setting that example? It's all it no, comes down. yeah. Like, my dad, he got pretty overweight when he was doing his PhD school. Like they just had me, then my sister four years later, like understandable. So, but I was about 14 or 15 and he started going to the gym and just walking. I think he was trying to lose weight or some shit. And I'm like, dad, why don't you run? So he starts running and then he's doing like 40 miles a week or some crazy shit. He'd be on the treadmill for one, two hours each time. And yeah. he drops so much weight. Like he, I think he lost over 120 pounds, like just a shit ton of weight, man. And yeah. I would see him do that, and I'm like, well, this is some cool shit. Like, not to say I wasn't proud of my dad before, but it felt good, like, saying, yeah, my dad can run fucking far as hell. He lost a shit ton of weight, like, because he was healthier, too. I could say, like, oh, yeah, my dad's going to be around for a long-ass minute now. So that's, like, really got me motivated to the gym. Is like, my dad can lose all this weight. Yeah, like, I want to also, you know? 100%, bro. Like, your dad is the first line of defense as far as setting the example for you in that moment. And... Look how it affected you. You know what I mean? In such a positive oh, way. And that's yeah. the case for everyone that this, that's a parent and has a kid. Like, that is what the product you're going to get out of it is that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, like, it's funny, too, because he, he still keeps, like, the same distance and, like, speed and shit. But, like, I've measured his heart rate, and it's, like, 
30 and below. So it's pretty much only zone two now. So it's like that. I was like, that's you're kind of inadvertently doing the healthiest cardio you can, you know? Right. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I, I kind of was thinking like one thing I really want to make sure that I do with my kids when I have them, like I'd like there to be more weight in me saying I'm disappointed in you than anything else. It's like the army. Trevor, how many times you see me yell in the army? Like one or two? Bro, the one time you yelled at me, bro. Yeah, I was I never pissed off. My voice. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I raised my voice probably one or two times. I smoked one guy. It's like, that just wasn't my leadership style. Like, I'd rather me say that I'm disappointed in you, and then you, like, look in the mirror and think, like, oh, shit, maybe I got fucked up, you know? Dude, that definitely resonates more with people for the most part that. I mean, obviously, as far as, like, leadership, right, you got to know your Marines or know your soldiers, right? Like, know what works for your individual, right? And um, for me, I was told one time that, like, stood out to me. It was, like, yelling is the weakest form of leadership. And ever since I heard that, bro, like it changed my perspective. Cause I used to be a yeller. When I first got promoted to NCO, I found any fucking reason. To yeah. Yeah, bro. You're like, I got this authority now. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> All y'all are going to get this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we're, and I was young, dude. I was 20 years old and in a leadership position, right? I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in that moment, you know? And I just kind of learned off what I saw, right? Oh, my corporal's yelled at me. I'm going to just pass it down, right? And which is, that's toxic, you know what I'm saying? But like what I, yeah, what I learned over the years, man, was like when I got told that, it just changed my whole perspective. And I've made Marines, grown men, cry just by talking to them and telling them that I'm disappointed in them more than I ever did by just yelling at somebody, right? And if tears are coming down their eyes, man, then you know that you touch them in a certain way that they needed to hear, you know what I mean? Yeah. A good, just, it's like, it's it's a healthy way, not just fucking blasting them, making them do stupid shit. That's not gonna teach them anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, you break down the muscle that goes back stronger, you know, it's just like that. Mm-hmm, 100%. Now, I got, when I got to be like an NCO and I started like coming up and growing older and shit, like I got into so many arguments with like the platoon sergeant and like our old platoon sergeant moved in like he had a different job in the hangar but he came from our shop so i was still really cool with him but he would tell me all the time like you got to be tough with these guys you got to be like a bulldog and like yell at them and smoke them and all that shit yeah like, Bro, that's just not the style of leadership that like these kids are responding to you know exactly like, it doesn't work anymore like they don't respond to getting yelled at like you or i would have it's just like it's like you're ruling by fear almost you know yeah yeah no, and like no and like your your subordinates should not fear you right you should be approachable but they should also know that they don't want to they don't want to fuck up right like they should respect you to the point where like i don't want to disappoint this guy but they shouldn't fear you right there's like it's like there's this balance to everything you know right. yeah but uh with that man you want to go into a little bit about your career in the military just how you yeah, like, yeah. what you've been jumping around yeah. to I, you know, went down a bunch of different, like, avenues at that point. But uh, going back to what you initially asked me as far as, like, you know, like, looking at my presence on social media, like, kind of like, you know, it looks like I've seen some shit, been through some shit, right? Um, did I, I mean, I'm an addict through and through. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, my life has almost been ruined multiple times because of alcohol, and that dives into my military career as well, right? Um you know, I can think back in 2019, um, you know, I was I was married at the time. Um, I've actually, as far as uh, relationships, man, I didn't learn. I didn't learn very fast, you know what I mean? Like, I had to go through a lot of air with that. So, um, That'll get you. Know, you. That'll get you. 
yeah. So, anyways, I, uh, you know, got in this bad argument with my wife at the time and uh, was arrested. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to go into all the details or anything, but there that day, like, you know, the 200-pound dude's going to get arrested. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if there's nothing that actually happened, it's just someone needs to go to jail. I went to jail, and uh, they threw the book at me, man. Like, they were trying to charge me with, like, all these crimes, domestic violence, false imprisonment, dissuading witness, right? And at the end of the day, it was just like, it wasn't good. And um, it real was quick, a bad... Real quick, were you in a, like a, on post when this happened? Like the NPs arrested you or was this off post? No, this is here in San Diego. Actually. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha, okay. So, um, yeah, man, it just like at that point, that was like the first thing that like, I almost, I, I lost my drone structure orders because of it. Now granted, like the entire case got dropped, right? Because by the time that it made it to the courts, there wasn't a case. It was just, like I said, it was just not a night that needed to happen, right? And that's the thing. It's like, you know, both of us in those moments, like, lost our composure and acting in ways because of alcohol, right? Um, so, yeah, moving forward, um, I didn't stop drinking after that, right? I mean, COVID came around, continued to drink. And, you know, at that point, just, like, completely lost touch in, like, who I was at that point, you know? Um and then moving into it, man, like I started my business right back in February 2021, but I was still drinking all the time, like all the time. And come May, I actually um, almost lost my entire career again because I became a 5150, right? Because Wait, I a what? A 5150? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, so it means that you're like temporarily insane, essentially. So oh, like, it, yeah, they had to like take me to the hospital strap me down because I was like trying to fucking kill people and just like, I just completely lost my shit. Right. And, um, at that, at that point I was in a very unhealthy relationship. I had a lot of, I had already like gotten in trouble through the military as far as like running a martial arts instructor course. I had lost my belt. And I, at that point I was just like kind of drinking my sorrows away, feeling sorry for myself and just for lack of better terms, I was being a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like I just continued to drink, continued to drink. And, um, at that moment, bro, like I woke up in the hospital. I had two black eyes. My face was swollen. My freaking gunny was there to pick me up and bring me back home. And my wife at the time fucking locked me out of my apartment or my condo. Breaking in. So I had to like sleep in a hotel for a few days, dude. Like at that point, I lost my drone instructor orders again for the second time, right? Both because of alcohol. And at that point, I'm like, dude, I am fucked, bro. Like, I seriously, like, this is not going to end well if I don't figure my shit out. You know what and I mean? You were drinking to get drunk too, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, that's the thing is once I start drinking, I can't stop. Yeah. Like, Facts. It's just like I can go days, months without it, but, like, as soon as it touches my lips, it's game over, bro. Like, right. your, wife, your wife hits you up with them stories too when you wake up, like, this is all the dumb shit you did that you don't remember? Oh, yeah. All the dude. That's all the time. All the time. Like, <laughs> so. It's bro, crazy, yeah. And, like, dude, at that point, man, like, you know, to get real with you, for those few days, bro, like, yeah, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to die. I wanted to fucking kill myself. I was yeah. just over it. I was over everything. Like, I just, like, seriously, like, was just not living in alignment with who I really wanted to be at that moment, you know? And uh, it's just all this shit, man, just compiled in um, that kind of just brought me to this turning point to, like, look inward and be like, bro, like, if you don't make these changes, you don't realize, like, where your deficiency are, deficiencies are at this point 
like you're fucked, bro. Like you're not you're you're gonna fuck your entire right. life. Bro. No, that was but, the same way I was, man. And Kevin Kevin's who saved me. I say this in almost every episode. Is and, and Tommy's here in the background with us in this call, but uh, we were we were running around every weekend just drinking. I when I got divorced and, and even when the first deployment, I found out she was doing her own thing, sleeping around, doing whatever. Uh, we still, I still just came home from overseas and just kept drinking. And then I ended up overseas again. And when I came home, we all just kept drinking, but we were like drinking, getting drunk and not having a plan to get home, doing stupid shit, like just not going in the way I wanted it to go. And then finally, like I drank one night on a Saturday or some shit on a Friday. The next day I got up, went to the gym and when I pulled back into the driveway, like just like you, I wanted to kill myself, except I had an actual gun next to me. So I held it to my own head. And I was like, this is fucking, this is bullshit. Everything I've been through has been bullshit. Like my life is pretty much bullshit. What the fuck am I still here for? All this shit's just running through my head. And luckily, my, luckily my brother called, but, or I called my brother, but yeah, bro, same shit. Except I have d- alternative methods now of being able to uh, cope with it because I'm not in the military anymore. So awesome. Oh. The military, it's such like an alcohol-centric culture, too. Like, I remember we go TDY, and the first thing everyone wanted to do is just get fucked up. It's like, yeah. oh, sorry, is that, like, really, like, I don't know. Like, because I would get super inflamed in, like, my quads when I drink, you know? I'd wake mm-hmm. up. Like, you know when you get real drunk and you wake up at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning wide awake? Oh, yeah. My quads would be on fire, man. Like, it's just shitty, too, because, like, it numbs you, but, like, you feel like your liver hurting, you know? And like your gut bacteria is all fucked up, so you're just depressed. It's just like mm-hmm. such a vicious cycle. That's like that's the only kind of coping substance we let the military use is, is alcohol. You know, that's that's so much truth, man. Like it's it's normalized in the military. Like being an alcoholic is like very normal in the military. Oh, like, even at work, like, yeah. It changes about it because it's like everyone's the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, I was thinking too, like. If, if you're going to quit a substance, right, it could be anything. Really, no one can make you do that, you know? Like, that's – it's like a real self-oriented thing I've always thought. Like, yeah, my wife wants me to stop drinking, okay, but it's like if I don't – I have to really want to do this in order to actually quit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, no, I had a big um, drinking problem too, yeah. I would make these things called M&Ms. It was equal parts moonshine and monster. Well. Yeah, and I got so fucked up with it, dude. I, I went to bed like I got the highest percent moonshine I could find. It's like one twenty eight proof from the fucking liquor store. I, I was trying to. And get that's it and that's in Tennessee, so you get in the like the hillbilly moonshine from down the road, bro. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And I I woke up the next morning for PT. And my wife's like, you know what you did last time? I was like, oh jeez. Like I was so embarrassed by those stories. I hated it, but I kept drinking, you know. And I'm like, no, what happened? She's like, you tr- got up and tried to take a piss in the laundry machine. <laughs> I'm like, what the f- the lot? Like, I'm like, I guess I just saw some white shit and thought, oh, gotta take a piss there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's no, true. I'm like, I'm like, this is just like not sustainable, you know? No. Did you get like withdrawals or anything when you stopped drinking? Um, just really bad depression, bro, anxiety, shit like that. You know what I mean? I didn't have any kind of physical withdrawals, but uh, I mean, yeah, bro, it was. I was at a very low, low for the first like month for sure like that yeah. first month like the longest month of my life but after that man like dude my entire life got so much better like in all ways right like 
Dude, literally, I started, I mean, I made more gains in the gym than I ever did in my entire life because let's be honest, alcohol and gains just don't go together. You know what I mean? Uh, you're, if you're big into fitness, like alcohol is just doesn't really have a place for that. Yeah, no, it like takes, I, I read like the protein synthesis on it. Literally, if you consume alcohol within eight hours of working out, it, the protein synthesis is at 40% of what it should be. 100%. So like, <laughs> you're, you're literally. You too, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then plus on top of it, like, if you want to, like, really get down to, like, sub 5% body fat, it's not going to be possible if you're drinking alcohol. Because the fact is, is when you're when you're currently under the influence of alcohol, right, like, your metabolism essentially, like, pauses. So you're not even, like, every all the food that you're eating, like, while you're drinking, you're not, you're not even digesting it properly either, right? So, like, if you're, like, struggling to lose weight, alcohol is just going to make it fucking 10 times harder for you. It's actually never going to happen, you know what I mean? Like, you're never going to get that body that you really want you're always gonna have those love handles because that's just what alcohol does you know what i mean um so yeah that's getting into like the science behind it and all that but at the end of the day bro like no alcohol like they had no place in my life bro because like i started making more money with my business when i quit drinking right i felt better as a person i had more confidence because i wasn't drinking this liquid courage i was actually fucking being confident with what i was doing in my life and dude literally like I still got promoted, even though I thought that my entire career was over. I got bad paperwork because of that 5150, right? Literally, somehow, the board came out, and I got selected for staff sergeant. Still got promoted, right? It's like magic happened, bro, like, just because, like, the one thing that I needed to get rid of was alcohol. And it's been proven ever since because I've relapsed multiple times since then, right? And every time that I drank, literally, my life would just go to shit. Every single yeah, time. that's what I realized is like, I, so I met a girlfriend the first time I went out and drank since I quit was last year in January and I ended up meeting my girlfriend and now like she, if we go out, she like wants to just have like one, two drinks. But when we go right. out with like the, she has a couple friends we go out with and when we go out with them, it's always some stupid shit. Like I don't even have to say anything. She'll just think of some stupid shit. Like I was driving home the other day. And she was like, she said something. And I was like, what the fuck? And I, th I literally thought I was like thinking wrong. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, like I was in my mind just thinking about like the day I, I wasn't drinking. This was, I was thinking this was the day after. So I was just driving, just hanging out, mm -hmm. thinking about what I did yesterday, drinking. And then she said something as I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh no, fuck. Like, I was just thinking about this situation. Is this what you're about to pull up with me right now? Like I'm in trouble. <laughs> I didn't do shit wrong. Bro, women are very intuitive, man. That's for sure. Yeah. No, man. Tell, it's, it's, it's hard because it's like uh, the thing to do is everybody, that's all they do. You go out, you drink. And especially for a kid in college who, like if I, I was 18 going into college, if I didn't go to community college, just went to a university instead, ended up not in the military i would have been fucked i would have just been drinking with everybody until fucking probably until i died <laughs> that's just part of the culture it's so bad you can't do anything the biggest part is not having like a community that's why i wanted to create this is because I, we didn't have a community to go to and talk because the thing to talk about or talk over is alcohol let's go to the bar and talk let's go to here this bar and we'll get a drink and talk like that's that's the go-to thing to do is go get a drink and talk unless you're trying yeah. to start a business and sell something let's go get a coffee like right. so we we ended up in this situation where we can't even talk to anybody because all my friends who are out drinking don't want to talk to me because i don't drink with them anymore dude yeah that's facts man like it's just weird because like yeah like lost a lot of friendships and like stopping out with people my circle of strength 
very significantly as soon as I put down the drink. And yeah. like, you didn't get into it as well, man. It caused like, a, you know, cause I was married at the time, bro. And like, that was like really what honestly destroyed my marriage was the fact is, is I went sober and at the time she didn't. As far as I know today, that she, oh, like, what? she is sober, right? Um, she had changed her life around, but at that point, man, there was just too much damage done, you know? And we grew apart because I wasn't drinking anymore. And at that point she still was living that life. And, uh, hanging out around the wrong people and stupid shit happened. Yeah. Wait, so she knew you were trying to quit and she was still drinking in front of you? Yeah. I mean, Kevin, that's what happened to me, bro. It's like I was trying to quit the whole time. I'm like, look, we can't keep going out to this bar. It causes a problem every time. She's like, that's where I go to dance, so too bad. I'm like, what? Like, it's a line that's dance. Bad. It's a line dancing bar. So I'm like, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm staying at home. And if, if you want to go to the bar, so that's pretty much the whole – I went deployed in 2019. The whole year before I deployed again was pretty much her going to the bar, me staying at home, drinking one or two just in case she needs to be picked up. Right. You know, like I'm just like now I'm just here watching you, making sure you're able to drink. Like, why the fuck do I want to be with you? That's not a relationship. That's not a fucking partnership right there. Right. I, I, and um, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's really how it was for me too. Um, and granted, like. You know, not to dive too much into, like, relationships and things like that, but, like, you know, things happen. She had actually went sober, and I was super proud of her for that. And to this day, I, I, I am so proud of her if she is still sober. I haven't talked to her in a while. But, um, you know, she had made the life changes, but, like, unfortunate, man, like, it's at that point, like, there was just too much damage done. And uh, the growing apart part, you know, it's like, and it's the same with friendship, too, not even just relationships. It's like, you know, if you're living a certain kind of lifestyle, right? Like sober and people that are still drinking, it's just like, unless, and especially if there's like alcohol abuse going on. Yeah. Right? That's like, what I was going to say. Most of the time in the military, yeah. when someone's sober, it's because they just went through some shit. Like, like don't bring this dude out to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's, it's painful to being the only sober guy around like a lot of drunk people. Oh, like, dude. What, I can't. I, Dude, I get so triggered, bro. Like, I'm just like, bro, like, is this how I act when I drink? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> right. No, yeah, when Trevor, he was living with um, two other roommates. One of them drank with him, and one was, like, like straight edge or something. He never had, like, a problem or anything, but he just didn't do anything. But he was – I like him, too, because he wasn't judgmental about it, you know? It was just something he didn't really care to do. Yeah. But, I'm like, that still has got to be tough. Yeah, bro. Like, we had it- – we had me, another one of my buddies, and then Tommy in the chat. All pretty, Tommy pretty much lived at our house on the weekends because he was in the barracks. And then Brian, who was like stone cold sober, like drank once a year, if that. Like doesn't drink or doesn't smoke nicotine, nothing. Like dude's completely sober. And we were going out like every week, coming home at 2 a.m., causing a ruckus, and this dude just didn't give a shit. Like I don't know how he lived that way. He's now actually marrying my sister, so it clearly didn't oh, fuck with him too much <laughs> but but like the, guy, yeah. I, I don't know how the fuck you live next to all these alcoholics and just do your own thing that's discipline that's some discipline and some inner peace right there that's for sure right right yeah, no I, I remember when that was going on too i was like i want to kind of help you know but like i understand there's a coping process that kind of has to happen but i'm yeah. like you know in a way this is kind of a self-correcting issue because he's either going to drink so much that you know he dies or his body stops working or something 
or before that, he's going to realize that this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, no, I got to I got to say too though, like pop that, pop that situation pop. was definitely come on, come on. Yeah, it was definitely we were we were going way too hard, but at the same time, like there were there were backstops. Like we, I think we all knew in the back of our heads, like this is not going to last long, but we were all going through, you know, whatever we were going through individually, that at least it brought us all together. Yeah, I think it, what was it like? It couldn't have been longer than six or eight months from start to finish now. No. I would, uh, yeah, I would say like closer to six. Yeah, because we quickly realized, like all three of us. Yeah, well, and also there was only like, there's only like two bars in every military town. So good luck finding anything else other than that. So we pretty much ran out of bars and like Tommy was the first one to come home and be like, look, on Friday and be like, look, guys, we're not going to the bar this weekend. I'm just over that shit. I'm going to go skateboard or some shit. And I was like, what? Tommy's not coming with us no more. And then I ended up going like to the gym instead. And I was like, all right, maybe this is the wave. Maybe this is what we should be doing. And that's just kind of what, where it started. Just one of us being, all right, this is too much. And then I realized, yeah, this is too much. And then the next guy realized, what the fuck are we doing? And it just kind of went from there. Bro, it's like with humans, humans, we, uh, you know, we row in tribes, you know what I'm saying? So like if one starts a trend, like, Hey, like, you know, maybe we need to change some shit up. Right. Like no one wants to be left out. All of a sudden they see them thriving over here. Why wouldn't they want to follow? You know what I mean? It's right. all about sudden. So do you, can, do you still like enjoy, do you drink ever then? Or are you just completely off it now? Now I'm completely off of it again now. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like I said, man, I've relapsed multiple times over the last, uh, almost two years at this point, um, that I've been on like my journey. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I, I need to really focus on like what keeps me sober and stick to that. Right. Because as soon as I fall off my program, right. Because I have my own program, you know what I mean? Like waking up at the same time every single day, making sure that I really focus on gratitude, right. My journaling, things like that. If I ever fall off of that, or if I put myself in a situation where I could drink, I'm going to drink. It's just what it is. You know what I mean? Um, like if, like if I was sitting, if I was sitting at a bar right now and someone put a drink right in front of me, I'm going to drink it. That's just how I am. You know what I mean? So I need to avoid putting myself in those situations at all costs, because like I said, bro, every single time, the last time I did drink, bro, I got so blacked out that I spent over $3,000 on bottle service and for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, (laughs) like, there's no reason, bro. Like, I'm it's like, how much cool shit? With that, like, yeah, like putting that three grand into your business, where could you be? Exactly, bro. Exactly. The type like, of shit yeah. that just starts eating you up. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, like, I was, I think I was just trying to flex because I had all this money to spend because of my business, but it was just like, dude, that's stupid, bro. Like, I don't need to be doing all that. Yeah, bro. And like, so when me and Kevin started doing our agency shit, like, that's what I started seeing on Twitter and everything is people get rich and then just to go out and party and enjoy life. Like, look, if this right. is what you're doing to enjoy your life is just going out and drinking and finding a new girl every week. Now, you could do that. I know you're making hella money, but I'm not trying to do that. Bro, and, like, the harsh reality that people don't want to admit, but I'm just going to call it how it is, man, is if that's what you need to do, escape your reality in order to enjoy life, then you don't enjoy your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, bro. Like, if I have to go drink, if I have this feeling that I need to go drink in order to freaking enjoy myself or have fun or even socialize with people, then that means that I'm fucking trying to escape from something, right? There's something that I don't like about my own life. Because 
if you truly enjoy life, bro, like, why do you need to get fucked up to enjoy it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It just yeah. Well, that was like one of my biggest things when I started stopping is, um, I, I knew I needed to still develop self-confidence. I wasn't too self-confidence. My self-esteem was already shot. So it, yeah. I started, I would start drinking like probably like once a month with my girlfriend just to like sit and have a talk and be able to say what I wanted to say just because I've been so fucked up with the past shit I've been doing <clears throat> or my past that I don't feel comfortable enough to say just what needs to be said. Like I, I need to be saying this type of shit. Communication is number one, but I'm not just because I'm too scared or whatever it is. And yeah, it sucks that I have to get liquid courage, but at least I know like, look, these are the steps I need to take to get some self-esteem. And by this time and when I have this self-esteem and self-confidence, I won't have to drink anymore. I'll be good to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a really routine kind of centric person. Like, I like my routine, you know. And when I was stopped drinking, I was like looking up on habits, I guess. And like all a habit is is like a trigger, a reaction, and then a reward, right? So like the trigger is you get the drink, the reaction is you drink it, and the rewards you feel good, right? And like – I would definitely notice my trigger would be like I would see alcohol, right? Like even at like the gas station. And this is where the gym really came in handy for me is like I'd go in there to grab a protein shake, let's say. Shout out to Fairlight. And I'd see like the the white claws that I would drink, right? And I'm like, that would be – I would like one of those right now. But then I'm like, okay, then I can't eat anything because my stomach's going to be full of shit. Like I can tell I need to supply my body with protein, so I'm not getting that. It just like – it was a very logical way to kind of go about it, you know, right. but I mean, how else are you going to deal with those cravings, man? I just, it's really hard to do. That, that was the hardest part for me was the cravings because I wanted to drink more, but I knew I couldn't, you know? Right. I'd love a drink right now. <laughs> shit. Yeah, dude. Like the ritual, like you get a drink and then like you feel it like in your fucking esophagus and shit. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. That, that, yeah. That like throat feeling is what was getting to me. Like I'd go out drinking one day and then at the gym, I can't even like breathe. Because my throat's just so destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, yeah. I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> I'm over this shit. Yeah, no, I'm not. Because we, me and Trevor, I think we have like a healthy relationship with alcohol now, wouldn't you say? I'm I'm all right. It could be better. You all right? Yeah, I I don't really drink. It's not really something that I want to do anymore. I'm like occasionally, like I made yeah. like a, white Russian, a white Russian a few weeks ago, and I drank like a quarter of it. I'm like, oh, this is yeah, it takes me like a whole three hours to get through a uh, Coke and whiskey or whatever it is. Like I can't yeah, even, yeah. I'm seeing that, though, with our generation, I think, is like I don't think a lot of us are big into drinking, like 23, 24, and like below. I don't think they're going to be as big of drinkers as like our current 25 to like 35-year-olds, let's say. Why do you think that? I don't know. I think we just have other options. Like we have, you know – a lot of stuff we can do, like you can smoke and do all this other shit. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't think we glamorize it quite like the people before us did. Like cigarettes, let's say. People in the 50s and 60s were smoking them shits all the time. But like right. now people just don't think that it's cool like it was back then, you know? True. That is a good point. I mean, as we continue to evolve and the new generations come about, man, like it's, it is going to be different for sure. Um, I can definitely see that. Um, because yeah, like our generation, like the drinking culture was what it was, you know? Right. Like, I feel like I actually talk to younger kids nowadays that are in like their early twenties, 22, 23, and they don't drink at all. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm yeah. kind of like, Hey, by that, I'm like, dude, how are you 22 years old and you don't drink? Like, you know what I mean? Cause that's like my mentality. It's like, dude, when I was 22, I was fucking 
fucked God. up. God. I mean, like. <laughs> God. No, this is honestly your story is kind of crazy. I I did not expect this. We're pretty pretty similar. It sounds sounds like our stories are pretty similar. It's just crazy to me that. You know, just hopping on a call for like an hour and a half just to talk about it just feels so damn, so damn good. And that's like we're trying to get more people just to try and get like a podcast every week, every two, every week, something like that, just because we want to start creating a community where we could just come pop in here just to talk about all this shit. Like when I'm when I'm thinking about my alcoholism and all that, I I have like four or five people I go to to talk about it. But those other people that don't have those people literally may have no one to talk about. I almost didn't have anyone to talk about. If my little brother didn't pick up that phone, where would I have been? I don't know. Just because no one could talk about it anymore. So it does. It shocks me just just because like I just <laughs> just found you out of the blue, which that that brings another good thing. A good point is me and Kevin. We started uh, going like all in this week on our agency. And it's like every day something has just fallen into our lap. And Kev- Kevin's more religious than I am. I'm more like a uh, more, more spiritual, oh, yeah, but Shout it's but it just like falls into your lap. I, what what kind of crazy shit has just been like like right in front of your face just falls into your lap because you made room for it? Shit, we're like you. This can't be a coincidence right now. No, yeah, no. I mean, the fact is, is that we're on this call for a reason, right? <laughs> right. I, I, I the on everything, man. Like the fact is, is like me making that video was not a coincidence that you found and you commented on it and talked about like, you know, a little bit about what you guys do on this podcast. And the thing is, is like, I'm a guy that believes that we all have a story that needs to be heard. Right. In one way, shape or form. And that's why I've made myself so vulnerable, gotten on social media. And I talk about all the fucked up shit that's happened in life because it's going to, for me, I feel like I would just be selfish to hold it all in. Right. Granted, when I was ready to, like, there's a time and place where, like, some people are just not ready to open up, and that's okay. But once they're able to do so, like, one, it's helped me out so much being able to just speak and have, you know, just be heard. And, like, you know, the positive feedback that I get from people, like, when they when they say, like, thank you for sharing your story, like, it, you know, it relates so much to mine. And just building that community, like, what this, what this podcast is all about, what I freaking love, man, is, like community is so necessary for humans like it really is like that's and just something as little as this can honestly save a lot of lives in my opinion yeah no i think that's such a tragic thing nowadays is like so many people have problems with like alcoholism their girlfriend ptsd but we don't talk about it because we're afraid of being vulnerable like we don't want to reach our hand out and accept that vulnerable moment right but like Mm -hmm. you don't people don't connect when they're not sharing their stories that are hard to tell and it's just such it's such a shame because, like, even so, like, when Trevor started going to mental health in the army, right? He told me about it, and like, I kind of got an understanding about it, right? Because there's such a stigma about mental health in the military, you know? But he I'm went sure. just, he was getting out, he didn't give a shit, right? But he was telling me about like how good it was and like how easy it was to. And so I started telling the guys about it. And I probably within three months, I had five or six people telling me that they were going to therapy for it. It's like, you know, those issues were there before, but you weren't comfortable bringing them up until until ever. yeah until you saw me coming in every day in like sweatpants looking like a piece <laughs> of shit they're like let's not look like that let's hop on this shit right now before we end up looking like this dude <laughs> no it's true though that that to me also like it highlights the importance of being like a leader that doesn't yell and that's not like a dick like right if if i was just some raging asshole no one would ever come up to me and no. said that it's like if if I was such a dick that people didn't feel comfortable telling me that, like I would feel like the biggest failure on planet Earth. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that goes back to what you said, Tristan, is like not telling this. I would eat myself up if I just sat in my room instead of doing something online to tell my story. Like it, it would just eat me up. And especially not having a kid, I can't share my experiences with the kid to try and help them. And you even have kids and you still want more. Like it's to just sit here in this room and know that everyone else in the whole world ends up going through some type of depression or anxiety. And I have this story at such a young age. So I could go to these kids who are just now starting to figure out that this exists. I could go to them and be like, look, I just went through all this bullshit. You could just listen to me, hopefully get something out of it, and maybe not go down that path instead. 100%, bro. It's that simple. It really is. I mean, it's just like just being willing to just speak about your experience could change the entire trajectory of other people's lives. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a nonsensical thing to be afraid about too because it's like what are we afraid about like i've never told someone you know i have an alcohol problem or i'm struggling with depression i'm gonna go to therapy and they right. be like oh you're such a bitch kev like what are you <laughs> yeah. such a pussy bro it's toxic masculinity bro i mean that has a lot to do with it you know what i mean like men are not meant to cry men are freaking meant to suppress their feelings and freaking you know just whatever right not show emotion um you know we that's that's like that's part of it right is like we're supposed to hold up this image as a man in society and basically not be vulnerable not let anything get to us right but what's going to happen what i learned because i used to fucking live by that i was like you know, i don't fucking cry i don't give a fuck like i'm just going to be this fucking dude that like seems like i'm a goddamn robot you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. The, i was like dude that shit will catch up to you and eventually you're gonna fucking blow up you know right. you're gonna gonna burn out bro like it's just what it is and the longer that we hold our shit in and try to suppress our emotions it's gonna come out so just doing little things like this and just talking just letting it out the outlet bro is gonna it's just it's gonna be a game really yeah we, we were talking about this before you came on it's like because i'm a big kind of believer in male companionship that you really need that like especially as you get older like we were talking about the 50s there's like a guy on twitter talking like that's a really depressive kind of age decade for a lot of men yeah like they're too old to fit in with the young guys not quite old enough to fit in with the old guys and like the kids aren't there anymore it's just them and their wife and they don't really have that male kind of place that they can talk about like men's issues and just kind of relate to other guys and just shoot the shit sometimes and they just get isolated you know it's like it's a, I think it's just a really important kind of thing. Yeah, what normally happens is you, you get the kid that ends up with a wife or whatever, and the wife takes him away from the family, and you just you end up so focused on your new family that the dad, the dad who's who went through this with his wife but got taken away from all his friends because they all went separate routes, now doesn't have anyone to talk to because now you're going separate routes, and it just ends up with no one's able to talk to anyone because we're all focused on ourselves. That's like the, very good. <laughs> That's very, that's very true. Yeah. So yeah, that's why, that's why we like discord too. Cause like we're all over the U S like anyone can pop in here at any time. And just kind of hang out. Like we watch football games. It's like, like an online pub, so to speak, you know? Yeah. No, this is sick, dude. I love it. Yeah. So, so you're, you're still in the Marines though. Like what, what are you up to now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, uh, I'm, I, like I said, I got, a uh, three months left, man. I'm going to be starting my uh, certification program May 1st and, uh, takes me all the way to my EAS which was in October and uh, at that point man just going full-time with my business and uh, saving lives through fitness and self-discovery 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a super awesome concept, man. We've actually uh, teamed up with a licensed therapist too. So speaking of the whole thing that we were talking about with like mental health and everything like that, that's what's been so awesome about what I'm doing at this point is I'm incorporating it into my fitness coaching program because the concept is, bro, is like we heal through embodied movement, right? Um, but that's diving much more into it. You know, I'm going to be creating a YouTube myself with uh, Alexandra, who's uh, the clinician that I work with. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that concept as well. Um, but ultimately, man, that's like our mission is to truly change lives by just incorporating like how trauma is stored in our body and how we release it through fitness and really just exercise and body movement. Right. Yeah. So, I'm now that's, that's really cool, too, because like I have a gripe with Western medicine. Because it mm. treats the body as very, like a mechanical thing. It doesn't account for like the mind, the soul. <laughs> I think is a special thing, and like your program, you're incorporating like mental stuff and just like how to get right, kind of spiritually too. Maybe it sounds like. Hundred percent, yeah, dude. Hundred percent. And like the fact is, is coming back to mindset. Mindset being everything. You can get the perfect blueprint for whatever you're doing. Whether you're starting a business, whether you're on a fitness and nutrition plan. Whatever it is that you got the blueprint for that tells you from point A to point Z how to get there. If you don't have the proper mindset incorporated into your program, you're going to fail. Yeah. That's what it is. No, that's you what know? I realized when I was getting out of the military. I was like, man, I could really, really do all these things. I could be pretty much anything I want to be. But then I'd choose one and I'd be like, no, nah, I don't really want to be that. Because you really, you really could be anything you want to be. But unless you're unless you got the mindset like no i i am going to be this and in 10 years this is what it's going to look like unless you don't have like a plan set out of what what your mindset's going to look like and actually go through with it i mean getting getting the blueprint doesn't help at all and that's what you see everywhere that's why everyone's got everyone knows that they shouldn't be eating mcdonald's but it's still the most profitable <laughs> chain restaurant ever yeah, like you could write the most effective program and diet plan known to man ever written but if their mind's not right, they're not going to make progress. Right. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, you know, it's funny you bring up, like, McDonald's and everything like that. It's not a coincidence that it's on every street corner around here. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's that's why people like me are always going to have a job in the fitness industry, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yo, that, that aisle in the grocery store where it's just, like, shells of soda, just straight corn on both sides. <laughs> You don't think the pharmaceutical companies are behind all that then you're fucking tripping <laughs> bro that's that was like my my biggest thing bro it's like i i realized like look in the gov in the military i realized the government had a hold of me and that's when i started waking up and then i was lucky enough to be in the military during covid and i was like oh wait no the government's really got a hold of me and then when i got out and i told them about my mental issues they gave me you know pharmaceutical drugs and i was like ah, right. wait a minute not this time you assholes you're gonna have to try you're gonna try harder than that bro <laughs> it's like with covid bro like there was no treatment when this shit was happening other than go get on a ventilator and die or take some tylenol and turn around like they were going out of their way to fucking not like you could get a script for ivermectin or chloroquine or the antibodies and shit the pharmacist wouldn't fill it because they thought you were using it to treat covid it's like, bro, let me at least fucking try this out. Like, worst case, it does nothing at all, man. It's like there was no treatments we, we were seeing. It was all just get this vaccine and here's some Tylenol or a ventilator. Well, we're about to bro, get kicked right. off YouTube now. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> 
No. Yeah. Let's go. So if we would have just shut down like the rest of the countries, though, you know what I'm saying? Like our that the like, capitalism kind of fucked us there. No, it didn't do. Bro, it, you it, are New crazy. Zealand couldn't do it. On, we man. can't do it, bro. China's oh, doing man. it right now. We got the idea from China, and they're doing it, and it don't work. I'm not saying it would have been perfect, but there would have been way less infections if we would have actually properly shut down. Because even no. the 14 days that we did, there was still, like, we didn't actually, nobody actually stopped, you know? They still but had essential manning XYZ. That was that would only fucking delay the everyone getting it. What we should have done was everyone gets out in the streets and get this shit and get some, you know, chloroquine or whatever in them. Like, and you're delaying. Like, we what, still are seeing the best genes win. The I swear to God, yes, we're bro. Still, we're still seeing the effects of that, like at the grocery store and on the economy. There's shortage, like the shortages, inflation now. It's like, it just seems ludicrous that we did that. Like New York, they had those hospital boats they didn't even use, all for fucking coronavirus. Like that was. I'm not gonna say good. that I don't think that it wasn't manifested by the government to directly affect the economy i'm not gonna i'm not gonna, I'm not that. gonna go that crazy <laughs> yeah. no, they fucking disregarded the economy to save for two weeks it's i don't know like the school's no. closing what i what woke me up though was like when i see people getting arrested for going to church and to the gym like there was a guy that fucking took the doors off his gym so people could go into it because the state locked it shut he got arrested but i could go riot in the street with ten thousand of my friends and be celebrated. I don't. I couldn't see how you could possibly reconcile that. In any world. <laughs> no, they woke people up though. Shout yeah. Out to no, but Tristan, real quick before we hop off, let's talk about the most catfished man in the world. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> no. You saw, you saw that top ten post on my um, on my feed, right? I mean, it got to the point where I literally went on the red table with Jada jada smith and talked about my story on red table talk which is a pretty well-known tv show you know what i mean like you know and been on multiple news articles at this point um newspapers i've literally my face has ended up in newspapers in germany freaking all over the world bro like i am like dude you just google my name and that just tells you it all it's the most insane shit like it started back in 2018 when i first started growing my platform right and uh dude it just I got one notification like, hey, is this you? I think this is a fake account. It was like a fake Tinder or something like that. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was okay. like, oh, yeah, that's definitely you or whatever. And then she was like, watch, this is going to end up freaking. You're going to end up getting a lot of these. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's no way, bro. And then all of a sudden, yeah, dude, eventually I had like literally, I shit you not, like 10 to 20 fake accounts of me I'd see pop up a day. People would send me notifications like on all different platforms, freaking Tinder, Bumble, Grinder, fucking Instagram. Grinder, God. All of them, bro. All of them. Like I thought you looked familiar. What primarily yeah. led to that? Um, honestly, it was the fact that being in the military, it's really easy for them to make stories about like military personnel. Like it's it's romance scamming. You know what I mean? So they go after vulnerable women who are you know whether they're widowed or they're like you know divorced and like they're older and they're just lonely right and it's like a very ideal clientele that they go after right and they you know this you know attractive military man and like we're usually we're deployed and they don't know that like you know we tell or the fake accounts tell them the scammers tell them like oh i need i love you i want to marry you i need money for you to fly me home things like that like and we're going to live happily ever after all these things are going to happen all these broken promises and 
literally, unfortunately, because they're in such a vulnerable spot, they literally spend, send tens, thousands. Dude, I've heard, I've heard somebody spent over a quarter million dollars on a scammer. What? On you? Yeah, with my face, bro. This with my face. Like she gave up like everything, everything she had to her name, dude. And to we, we can't really discount the obvious. Like you're a good look. I'm looking at your Instagram right now. You have this like, like I don't want to say stereotypical, but just like this jacked ass marine, a lot of tattoos, you know, giant jaw. That's got to play into it too, I'd imagine. The first sure, like the you know, what they do is they use different images, and I guess like it's kind of like you're literally out fishing, right? Whatever bait bites the fish bite on the most, you're going to continue to use, right? I think it's just the case is like my pictures work the best for what they're trying to do. Ah. So they're like, oh, we're going to continue to use this guy's pictures because we're getting the most return on investment with using his pictures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, getting the most out of his face. I was going to say, yeah, tell me you're like 6'4", too, man. Like, dude, it's wild, bro. It's, it's Honestly, it's been a fucking nightmare, dude. But, Real quick, how tall are you, just out of curiosity? I'm 5'10". Hey. Like, tell me you're like 6'8", or something, bro. Like, yeah, I guess I look tall. No, I'm not that tall, bro. I'm 5'10". Yeah, it's them jack dudes, bro. You put on like 20 pounds, you look like you gained 2 inches. That's what right. I heard, yeah. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask you about that. I saw some dude on Twitter. He's like fucking humongous. But he was talking about how if you become like hoodie jacked, like you like you could tell you look big in a hoodie, people mm -hmm. treat you differently. I would agree with that. Honestly, man, like I think back on like when I was like a scrawny ass dude. At one point I was like a buck sixty-five, super that's that that was me and i just ran all the time i wasn't like you know i was into fitness obviously it was just a whole different style of fitness i wasn't so much into like bodybuilding but um straight up like i noticed like people are more like sometimes you're respected more sometimes people are more like standoffish sometimes people are like i definitely noticed just energy shifts from like the moment like i actually started putting on a lot of muscle and like just looking different overall i mean i have some transformations on there bro that like i mean i i it blows my mind that i even used to look like how i did i look at myself today i'm like dude that's not even the same person you know what i mean like, yeah it, yeah that's another do with that for sure that's another big thing why we started doing this too the podcast is because like a year from now you could come back and be like holy shit that's how i thought a year ago like there's no Yo. there's no form of progress pictures for your mentality there's, there's just, you won't find that anywhere, but, but YouTube or but a podcast, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point, man. Because I look at, uh, I look at my old pictures and I'm like, what was my mindset back then? Like what was going through my fucking head at that point? Dude, I look like an idiot. Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. So I guess this is going to be cool when I go back a couple of years later and I watch this, I'm going to be like, damn dude, like this is that's how I was thinking. Like, let's see how much progress I've actually made, you know? So that's Maybe awesome. uh, that's, that might be something to think about with your uh, therapy and, and your business. Maybe somehow get in a tracking, like a whole actual tracking record of, you know, this part's your mind, this part's your body. Some shit like that. That's legit. No, I actually like that, bro. Like, have them make, like, a little recording of themselves and, like, what their thought process is, mindset. Maybe even just recording a conversation with me or the therapist, right? And then, like, let them keep it, and then as they go on in the program, they can go back and see actually how much mental progress they've made on top of the physical progress. Right. I like that's legit. You get a lot of haters too on your IG. 
I imagine they fucking say a bunch of dumb shit to you. All the time. Freaking. I I mean, there's just this dumb shit, like fucking chicken legs, fucking whatever. Like, obviously, skips leg day. Freaking, um, which, it's not the case. My calves are small. I mean, I <laughs> try to throw my calves, but whatever. I got quads, though. I just don't like to show them off because they're white as fuck. So, I don't really, I don't really care about showing off my legs. But, like, people think because I don't show them off that I don't have them. So, whatever. Um... And then things like that, and then I'll get things like fucking boot, fucking whatever, like you know uh, what I mean? just, roid uh, rage and shit too. Yeah, roid rage, whatever. Like it's just the all like just oh, what's your cycle, bro? Blah blah blah. Like whatever. People have got that shit so twisted, but like like with Barry Bonds, like he was juicing, but you could take his exact same cycle. You're not hitting fucking seven hundred home runs, man. Oh, dude, it doesn't take away your fucking like. Exactly. Like, you still have to have that skill set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can't just magically start taking something and then just transform. Like, you still need to master that craft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, That's what I think, like, it makes the, like, if you're Jack, I think it makes it so much more respectable, too. Is like, yeah. I've and, only and been. Facts, dude. And, like, you know, I truly believe that our body is like a resume to who we are as a person, right? So, like, you know, how I present myself and how I look is like, it's a direct representation of how I respect myself. How I, you know, like really that that's the biggest thing, dude, like discipline and how I respect myself. Right. Because let's be honest, like if you don't take care of your body and you're, you know, you're significantly overweight, like, can you honestly say that you're like happy or, you know, like, do you respect yourself, right? Because if you did, you wouldn't want to treat your body like shit. Your body's your temple, right? Yeah, like, shit. are you happy with looking in the mirror? Because I'm not happy even yeah. looking at you. Like, <laughs> like, that's my biggest thing is... I'm just, I'm getting triggered seeing how much people disrespect their bodies out there. You know what I mean? And, like, in turn, like, I see them walking around with, like, their kid or whatever. And I'm like, bro, like, you're, you're teaching your kid that it's okay to be fucking 350 oh, pounds. Fat kids, man, that's, that's bad, Oh, man. dude. And don't even get me started, bro. When I see that the kid on top of that is overweight with their parents, I'm like, bro, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah, you, you ever see like pictures of people back in like the 70s and like the 90s and 80s and shit? And, like, everyone is thin back then. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's like, it's, bro, if you were that thin now, you'd be like in the top fucking fifth percentile of Americans, 100%. man. 100%. Like, no, dude, this world is getting fatter and fatter and fatter, and we need to fucking do something about it now. You, you know, have any so, ideas on what's causing that? I heard like seed oils, corn, corn. You, what's up? What did you hear? What like, like like seed oils are a big factor in that? Really? I never. I mean, honestly, man, I think it's just like, well, especially for kids, it's like kids have so much like technology now, right? And like video games, things like that, like. When I was a kid, bro, like, and probably when you guys were kids, too, it's like we go outside and play, right? We play sports, freaking things like that. I think it's just the youth is just becoming much more, like, lazy, for lack of better terms, right? And there's less accountability from their parents because their parents are lazy. Fucking, it's just oh, as, yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It's like the, the kids, like, the whole LGBTQ movement. Like, it all came out when kids started, like, Good looks, Tom. <laughs> no, like it all, all uh, like our generation started saying, look, mental health matters, mental health matters, mental health matters. So now the parents were like, all right, fine, it matters. We'll step off a second and let you guys do your thing. And now we got the generation where the parents did step off, let us do our thing. And we just got a bunch of undisciplined, like, un like 
just not good looking kids dude. because they're just <laughs> dude my uncle is a fucking elementary school teacher he teaches fifth grade and he'll tell me countless stories when he calls like the parents because their kid is like causing fights or just not doing his work or whatever and the parent will be like why are you picking on my kid like they'll side with the kid i'm thinking like bro if my teacher called my mom when i was in the fifth grade like i was getting fucked up you know 100 like, what you did. no literally bro it's like it's just such a weird kind of time if you think about it like i think me and trevor were kind of like the last generation of people to grow up with like without technology like i we had cell phones in like middle school i remember but they were like the nokias and those shitty flip phones man weren't so anything I crazy. Bro. bro i had a sidekick dude yeah dude i remember when like the razor came out oh yeah oh bro, that shit was hot dude. Uh, you know what i mean like oh yeah bro. like if like if you had internet on your phone you were the cool kid like you're the rich kid no it's crazy like if you pay attention to it at the grocery store like if you're trying to eat healthy and like watch out for your body you have to make such a conscious effort to avoid 95 percent of the shit in there like mm -hmm. you go in there you don't really think it's like okay i got my cookies my fritos my chicken nuggets my skim milk you know it's like all Bro, of that shit is bad for you. None of the healthy shit is on sale ever either. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that is yeah. a good point. There's never like two for one apples, bro. Yeah, you, you go get a bag of apples, the Oreos are cheaper. Oh, bro, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like like the healthy food is fucking expensive as hell, you know? it's. I could see why it'd be easy to, if you didn't know what you were doing, just walk in a fucking grocery store and just just get pure shit pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got anything else to add, Tristan? Want anything, say anything to people? Well, I think we touched up on a lot of good points, man. We went through quite a bit, actually. We talked about, like, you know, trouble with drinking. We talked about nutrition. We talked about discipline. We talked about how we grew up, right, the science society we live in today. So, I mean, overall, man, I think this was a very successful conversation. Very successful conversation, and i um, freaking really happy you had me here and grateful you you invited me onto this show, dude. It's super cool. I got, I got a final question, real quick, if I may. Send it to, to the people who might be in a dark place watching this. What's your advice to them? That's a very good question, man. Um, you know, because I think back on like when I was in a dark place, and when I like going back to the story I told you about with the fifty-one fifty, and how like all that just took a complete shit on me, and. Um, my advice is truly don't be afraid to ask for help. Do not be afraid to ask for help, right? Like, you know, the resources that we have out there, like if you're a man and you're afraid of the stigma that's going on, like with like, oh, like men can't cry, all this kind of stuff, right? And like not supposed to feel emotions. That's all mm -hmm. fucking bullshit. It really is. Like if you, if you want to get help, the, the way I see it is like, if we, in order to be the best for the people around us, we have to work on our self-love, right? We have to love ourselves to be the best version for the people around us, right? So in order to do that, we have to be willing to go to therapy if we need it, right? Um, you know, talk to a friend, reach out, right? Use the support system and just know that the universe will never put you in any position that you're not meant to make it out of. It's all on you and you fucking got this. You know what I'm saying? Like... I, I mean, at the end of the day, bro, like, we're we're resilient. You're resilient. We're all resilient. And um, there's nothing that we can't make it through if we continue to push with what we need to do and live in alignment with how our purpose is. 
You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. And Amen. two, we got to be the people that we would want to, or we would feel comfortable approaching too. I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, real quick though, if anyone watching this is really struggling, you could send us a DM and hop in our Discord. As much people that hang out in here, just shoot the shit, and it's a judgment-free zone. You want to come in here and talk about pretty much anything, get a few laughs in. Um, no, send us a fucking DM. We'll get you in here, man. It's a great, great kind of environment to hang out if you're struggling. So. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll throw all Tristan's stuff down in the description so you can go support him any way you can. Um, Tristan, man, thank you for coming on. Even even to have another guest on just to help. It helped me out, you know, just hearing your story really made me, you know, look at mine and say, look, mine isn't that crazy, you know, <laughs> and it's just it's yeah. just another weird thing. It it keeps coming to me. I It's, you know, just placed in my lap, a conversation like this. Uh, just don't to those people out there listening, man, just don't end it. There's there's so many weird things that could just plop in your lap and your cha your life could change forever just like that. So so uh, with that said, though, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in and. We'll catch you next time. All right, guys.